Nine films, two hosts, and one giant prehistoric ape. It's the King Kong franchise punch out. this one's been yes completely sure new to really both of us for the most part yeah highs and lows highs and lows with the king kong franchise that's for sure <laughs> oh man this one has yeah this one oh, has some deep lows too like like <laughs> godzilla had a couple of lows not like this uh, not man. like this one <laughs> no welcome back to the monsters versus men podcast this is the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airwaves this week as we try to stay alive we're recapping the King Kong franchise, uh, in the only way that we know how. Uh, I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And I'm excited to, to jump into this. It's been a while since we've had a recap episode, Alex. Uh, yeah, it has been. Like nine movies ago. <laughs> <laughs> and usually usually we, um, we kind of break it up a little bit, and we might recap an era of movies, like the Showa era. Right. Um, or remember when we used to call it the Hasai, the Heisei era? The Heisei. Yeah, 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 Hasai. Oh, it still sounds better. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, the Heisei era. We, we might cover a series of movies, uh, like a series of Toho films. But no, uh, this time we took the entire franchise and are just going to recap the entire thing. Um, but before we get into it, I did have a final patron AMA that I want to ask Alex. Oh. Who's the who's the lucky one I didn't pick the whole time? Yes, the one you didn't pick the entire time was Professor Kaiju himself, uh, aka Bryce. Yeah, his deserved to be last. Take that, Bryce, <laughs> for making me watch Tetsuo. <laughs> he says, "What kaiju would you like to see in a new Toho film?" What kaiju would I like to see in a new Toho film? Uh. My go-to, well, there's two. One's got my heart and one's got my mind, all right? The, Ooh, my okay. heart says Angerus needs to come back. Uh-huh. You know, he, he's, he's, the, he's the heart and soul of the Showa era, if you ask me. Because um, he, just, he just loses and he never stops fighting. But with modern effects, because, I mean, he looks perfect already, or she looks perfect already, Biolante. I would mm-hmm. love to see someone else take on Biolante because that is the that's one of my that is my top Godzilla creature design, mm-hmm. but it's also like one of my top Godzilla disappointments because mm-hmm. that with all the work put into that thing doesn't get a time to shine. It doesn't get enough time. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, so I, I saw a random poll on on Twitter and it said. If there's another MonsterVerse movie, uh, what would you like to see come back to fight Godzilla? And I think Biollante was the number one monster, it, beating out Gamera, actually. So What? Really? Yeah. yeah. I think Gamera versus Godzilla in the MonsterVerse would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would It would be awesome. I would pick Biollante over Gamera. Uh, uh, just because Godzilla and Gamera are a little similar uh, in terms of like shooting flames and fire, I, I know he's a he fl- he's a flying turtle as well. But uh, just the Biollante modern design, oh, yeah. I would love to see it. And then you know, Angerus, the Danny DeVito of Godzilla, 
I would love to see him run around. <laughs> I mean, Angerus or Danny DeVito would need to be in a movie that had Angerus in it. For he, sure. he could do the mocap for Angerus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, to me, there's only one clear answer to this question, oh, Alex. Okay. Um, Don't say of, Zegra. No, no, no. This is which which monster should we bring back from a Toho movie? And there's only one monster with uh, the most creative design out there, and that is Ebra. I knew you were gonna say. Deep. I knew you were gonna say Ebra. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I really, least... I really hope it just makes its appearance. You know that, you know the scene uh, where it's in the trailer where it looks like uh, Godzilla is coming towards the ship. Yeah, I hope yeah, that's just kind of like a bait and switch, and it turns out it's Ebra. Oh yeah, yeah. They they CG'd in. Yeah, uh... exactly. Just for the trailer, <laughs> yeah. just to fool us. Yeah, that's something Marvel does every now and then. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah, not yeah. legendary? Yeah, I wouldn't get your hopes up too much. Uh, oh, no, I fully expect it. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, man. I promise. <laughs> so you're saying after that. Oh, gonna, if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen, I quit. I quit this franchise. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Uh, yeah. Let's well, let's, our bets. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into King Kong, though, now that we've talked about Godzilla and Toho and my boy Ebra. Uh, <laughs> let's start with. Your favorite iteration of Kong, Alex. Ooh. I'm not talking about your favorite movie here, but I'm curious, which was your favorite version of the ape himself? Uh, that's that's pretty tough because while I think 05's Kong perfects what was created in 33, mm-hmm. and the Kong from King Kong vs. Godzilla holds a very special place in my heart from my childhood, it's got to be Kong from Skull Island. Uh, he's definitely currently my favorite. And I know Kong being a victim of humanity is a staple for the franchise, but it is so refreshing to see him as not a victim anymore. Like he's he's this godlike figure, and in the film, he earns that status more so than I think any Kong before him. Yeah, no, I, I I'm right there with you. I agree. I think the Kong Skull mm. Island Kong <laughs> is my favorite. Wow. And it does seem it's it's inspired by Toho Kong. Uh, and you know I'm a big fan of <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> uh, but I, I, the thing is, is I've grown fond of, and I know this is a controversial, controversial word around these parts, I've grown fond of kaiju, right? right? And I think there are some connotations, even if we deny it, there are different connotations with kaiju than when we say a giant monster right and with kong most of the time i see him as what he is a a giant ape right and less of a kaiju where i know and i know there's debates about that right Right. but i see him personally as less of a kaiju whereas in in skull island he has more of that kaiju feel which Makes sense considering he's in the monster verse, right? And we're putting these <laughs> monsters up against each other. But I think it is sort of that godlike figure feel. And it's also the standing upright on two feet. Um, mm-hmm. Just this, this monster like quality to him that, you know, it's, it's different though, because it's not, it might be a little bit sacrilegious to to the Kong franchise, but <laughs> he is a little bit less hum, humanistic, you know, and a little bit more 
uh, horrific in a monster sort of way. But I like that. I like that personally. Yes. Uh, even if it doesn't fit with the King Kong series as a whole. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I'm, I agree. I am surprised. I thought for sure you'd be going with O five Kong. Mm-hmm. I love that. Kinda, I love that Kong for I kind do. of the reasons that I mentioned is that he's kind of the perfection of the 33 Kong. He is. Yeah, he, he is a hundred percent. But I, I do think just on a personal level, what we've grown or what I've grown fond of through this podcast is the, type of monster that we see in Kong Skull Island. I'm so glad that you've been fundamentally changed by this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I had a question for you. All sure. right. So we're talking about which Kong do you like, but which version of Skull Island did you find the most interesting? Hmm. Well, the one that stands out first to me, just like off the top of my head, would be King Kong. Oh five, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Right. But as I think about that one, and I think about lots of the Skull Islands, it all goes back to Skull Island of 1933. Yeah. <laughs> Both the original and Son of Kong. Uh, I mean, at first, it is just this mind-blowing uh, display of special effects on Skull Island that that team put together in the original film. And then in Son of Kong... Skull Island becomes just this straight up sinking island out of an Indiana Jones movie or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's just, it has to be the original though, because of, of how much influence it had on all the other Skull Islands. Um, it, it's really interesting to me. I think my least favorite one is uh, King Kong 76 oh, because yeah. it just doesn't do much. It's kind of Except boring. it does look beautiful. I, I love that onset location. It's just it's not as menacing as some of the others. What about you though? What, what did you say? What, what which version of Skull Island do you prefer? Uh, I gotta go with Peter Jackson's yeah. uh, King Kong because if I feel like in this case it is the complete realization of thirty three, um, and especially Son of Kong. In, in Son of Kong, mm-hmm. they go to a temple that's built inside of yeah. the wall, which is clearly a inspiration for Peter Jackson's right. Cause it's that sign that there was a civilization inside the wall at some point. Mm-hmm. And what I like is that Peter Jackson just kind of turns it all up to 11, right? He makes the natives <laughs> completely horrifying instead of kind of normal people on an Island. Right. Because in the original, I feel like they're just typical natives. They're, they're worship, worshiping this God when Kong breaks out, they immediately <laughs> put all their things aside and try to help and keep him trapped in there, right? But yeah. in this one, I feel like even if even if Kong has broken through, that they would just keep going after the other people. Like they they feel at, like a na- natural extension of all the other horrors of the island, which I really mm. like. I also like that they live in these dilapidated stone buildings outside the wall. Then when you go inside the wall, it's like I said about Son of Kong. There's all these buildings and structures. And I, what I really like is this very vibrant ecosystem, unlike the other films. Like, yeah, we get an ecosystem in a way in the original, but it's more of a series of chase scenes rather than monsters interacting with each other, except for Kong. Kong's the only one that interacts with multiple monsters. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like it doesn't really feel like an ecosystem rather than I'm going from one battle to another. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think Skull Island might be the exception to that because I do like that world that they built there. It feels mm-hmm. like they've got some horrifying monsters that we never got to see. Um, and then what I like is, again, it's, those, it's the architecture of 05. Like this, was a, this wasn't just like a civilization. This was a very advanced civilization that built enormous buildings. I, I just love these hints of like, because think about it. Kong's all the way up on that perch and he puts Anne down on a what looks like a stage on this huge mountain. And I, I like the idea that, I mean, they conquered this old civilization, conquered mountains, Yeah, which is just, there's just fully, so many aspects. Yeah. It's a fully it. realized place. Uh, the, uh, mytho, mytho, mythos, the mythos, mythos, mythos. <laughs> of, of Jackson's Kong, uh, goes deep it runs deep <laughs> you can tell uh, he really really cares <laughs> yeah oh yeah absolutely like it the the books the mockumentary right there, oh yeah the mockumentary there's so, so much um put into it uh, that yeah you have to you have to admire what what they do with skull island in 2005 for sure yeah yeah for sure um i got another one for you Okay. What part of this franchise was like the biggest surprise for you? Good, good or bad? What was a yeah. big surprise for you? Uh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say King Kong 1976. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> because, I, I, did, I did say good or bad. So, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Okay. So, when I watched the film initially, I was really down on it. And I, and I still don't think it's necessarily a great movie i I really don't um i think there are a number of issues with it maybe if you kind of grew up with it you would you would like it more um and i get that like there's a lot to like about it but at the same time i think the most fun we had in a discussion and the most most i've actually thought about one of these films is king kong 1976 um we just ended up going in places I didn't expect to go in that film. Uh, and it was really, really interesting. Like thematically, um, the ending made me think, and it made me reconsider my position and maybe think that the filmmakers were doing something a little bit more than I gave them credit for initially. So yeah. King Kong 1976 was my biggest surprise. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, you know, you're talking about how you didn't know where it was going to go. Like I didn't expect them to go try to get drinks while being chased by Kong. <laughs> that was a really cool deviation. <laughs> yeah. That was a great scene. Great yeah. moment. Great, yeah. great character moment. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? What was your biggest surprise? Uh, yeah. The biggest shocker for me is that the Kong and relationship was never completely nailed until 2005's King Kong. I mean, I don't know. Really? I think they, I think they nailed it in 1976 with that pseudo sexual <laughs> relationship. Well, maybe Kong would have liked to nail it, but uh, I, <laughs> it, like the relationship didn't even exist in the first film. Uh-huh. Not at all. No, it's and, true. And then even it wasn't even Son of Kong like. It's kind of there, like, but it's a different Kong. It's a different lead character. Like, we'd get a semblance of something like that. Clearly, the inspiration for what is going to happen going forward. Like, that's another surprise for me. I'll, I'll say that in just a second. But it's really the subsequent movies after Son of Kong drop the ball on this relationship over and over. Um, 
And it's not until 05 that we really get it kicked off. Like, Anne in 76, oh, I'm sorry, Dwan, as she likes to be called after Dwan. she murders yeah. several people. Um, <laughs> there, is, there is a relationship in King Kong Escapes. Um, well, kind which is of. interesting. Uh, and I do think it's influential, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not in the type of way that you expect. I think, I think maybe our, so we are, we were both familiar with 2005 right. coming into the series. And it's something that we actually both really admired and were fans of when it came out. Um, and so we were used to that sort of relationship and like, that's kind of what we had in mind and we just didn't see that. Right. And, and it's kind of hard to tell whether we are pushing that on to 33 or whether it was attempted. I feel like it was attempted. Uh, it wasn't given enough time, I feel like. But I, again, I can't stress enough. One of the most shocking things is how influential Son of Kong is for the rest of the series. Like, yes, King Kong is hugely influential for getting it started and setting up that initial story. But in terms of a lot of, a lot of the character work that's done and a lot of the influence on the relationships going forward, a lot of it's taken from Son of Kong. And again, I think Son of Kong's uh, setting on Skull Island is hugely influential for what Peter Jackson did. Yeah, right. No, I think I think Son of Kong does... Uh, deserve some credit for its influence. That's for sure. Um, all right. Another question for you, Alex. Uh, say hypothetically, you are tasked to create a new Kong movie, Ooh. not connected with the monster verse though. <laughs> what direction do you take it in and which movie is your biggest influence? Ooh. So my influence would probably be mm, my Kong will be a lot more like skull Island Kong. All right. So, because I, I like exploring Kong's relationship with the island. That's what I really want to do. And maybe maybe we can witness the downfall of the civilization that's there that he cares about. Mm. Like he's so this there, is like, like a past film. It's like a it's like a prequel, like a like a hundred year old prequel to yeah. Peter Jackson's Kong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for, you know, instead of you know, humans watching Kong die it'd be really interesting to see Kong get a civilization that he's trying to guard, get wiped out. Mm. I think it, I think that would be like devastating and awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which to me, like I'll just piggyback off yours. I'll take yours and we'll just run with that. Uh, I'll say maybe uh, we're going to get that existential angst that we saw in my, uh, Oh no! Is this going to be like Tobey Maguire and Spider Man Three Kong? Oh, that would be great, but no, it's going to be uh, no. It's the angst that we see in that one in my favorite shot from King Kong Escapes when they are when they're leaving the island and Kong is just watching them leave. Yeah, uh, that's what the film's going to be. It's just that'll be the final shot of the film. He's all by himself exploring there. Kong's loneliness as the civilization crumbles around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then but Mechanic Kong is in it. So the, the post credit. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, ancient, ancient alien civilization. So if we're going to ancient angle, it's actually an alien civilization that created uh, like Mechanic Kong. So but what I would like to do for the sequel, since he's destroyed Mechanic Kong, is it's actually going to be all about Kong trying to trap people back on his island, so he has someone to rule again. Yeah, 
Look, I don't know why we're not hired immediately I as screenwriters. We've got a gamer movie. I just don't get it. We've got a Kong movie. Uh, what yeah. else do we got to make over here? I don't even know. Like, just come on. Come on, studios. Like, where you at? Like, we've, we've got pitches for days. Yeah, yeah. We came up with that in no time. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like uh, fan fiction at all. It was totally real. That's right. That's right. I've got I, I've got 120 pages sitting right here. You uh-huh. just call and ask for it. Give me a week to uh, find it, and uh, it'll be yours. Uh, so, Alex, one more thing I'd like to discuss. One, one thing we actually haven't talked much about with this entire series are king kong's themes um oh yeah like we, we we haven't gotten into it as much as i thought we would huh that but is interesting it is i know we haven't I mean, really we've talked into a little it. bit about greedy capitalism uh, <laughs> yeah or just greed in general but yeah we hadn't really talked a lot about themes. yeah and i expected to more just because of king kong's reputation but i think only a few films in the franchise really maybe deserve that reputation i agree um Maybe thirty three. Um, as I said, seventy six. We ended up talking some had some interesting talks on, in that one. Um, but I did ask. I asked a, a question online a, a couple of weeks ago about the differences between Godzilla, right, and King Kong, and why in our community people gravitate towards Godzilla more than Kong. And I got some interesting responses, but. I think my the most interesting response was one that was sent to me privately in uh, a DM, and I think this was interesting. Uh, I, I won't share this this person out loud in case they they don't want to uh, share this uh, publicly with their name attached. Right. I thought this person made some really interesting points, um, and and uh, here's what was said: What makes the the niche of Godzilla fandom prefer Godzilla to Kong? Well, it's the power fantasy. The invincible cool creature that always wins and for his fans has to win. Since a lot of the fandom is made up of people who see themselves as outsiders and social misfits, this appeal is strong. They identify with the misunderstood Godzilla and revel in his power to lash out and defeat everything around him. On the other hand, Kong almost always dies, puncturing the appeal of that power fantasy. That's why the threat of a MonsterVerse Kong that didn't die makes so many G fans upset and nervous about <laughs> GVK, because that Kong is the equal of their Godzilla. I could add that Kong's infatuation with women also makes some G fans nervous as their outsider status and often iffy social skills make it sometimes difficult to connect with girls. Kong's vulnerability and display of human emotions and motivations make him more popular with a mainstream general audience and also with women. And not just the first film, Peter Jackson's King Kong and even Dino's were much bigger deals socially, culturally, and box office-wise than any Godzilla film. What do you think about that, Alex? I know who wrote this to you because I've had a similar conversation with them. But um, <laughs> I think that it is very interesting. And I don't think it would do it justice to wave this commentary off. Mm-hmm. Because there's something there. I mean, there's something to anything we grow up watching, right? Anything we grow up watching, we become attached to. And there might be certain things. Because as a Godzilla fan, I I couldn't believe Godzilla would lose to King Kong. And King Kong vs. Godzilla. 
back mm-hmm. back when I was little. I was like, no way. He just swam away. He's fine. He didn't lose. Yeah. And I always thought it was odd that he loses to Mothra. And so, yeah, I could totally see this because, you know, but to be fair, there is something about a lizard breathing atomic fire that <laughs> that feels invincible mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. But uh, this person's not completely wrong, but they're obviously who wrote this. This is very nuanced take, and this isn't definitive. This isn't talking about everybody, but I think there is a nugget of something in here that I would love to read more about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think I like this idea that, um, you know, Godzilla has the opportunity to, or, or people who identify with Godzilla identify with him being misunderstood. Um, I like that aspect. I think I think that's that's a big deal. Yeah. I also think what I would add to this is, you know, the American appeal of King Kong over Godzilla versus like our niche community that maybe prefers Godzilla over Kong. The wider appeal, I think, there's something of the man versus nature aspect where we do see Kong being vulnerable and dying ultimately almost every time. Uh, ultimately, yeah. despite the sympathy that man has for nature, man conquers nature every single time, right? Um, right. Except for Skull Island. Um, and, and I think that's, that's right. I mean, for, for GVK fans, that might make them a little bit nervous, but I do think uh, <laughs> it's interesting to think about for sure. It, it, it is. And the, pow- the power fantasy portion of this, I could totally see that. I mean, yeah. I totally get it. And they're they're not wrong about Kong's popularity here. Like, it, our community does seem to be much, much, much more leaning towards Godzilla. But Kong killed it at the box office. Skull Island killed it. I had a much easier time getting Cece to watch <laughs> Kong Skull Island with me than I did King of the Monsters. Yeah, interesting. And it's interesting. There is this sort of... There is this sort of zeitgeist for some reason that, at least here, that Godzilla is lesser than Kong. Like, Godzilla's kind of written off as this B-movie type thing, whereas if Kong's in it, that that kind of viewpoint isn't really as present. Mm. And it's just something odd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, cool. Um, I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Hey, before we move into our overall awards, real quick, MVM Plus today, I want to talk a little bit about board games because we're both nerds, Alex. Yes. 100%. <laughs> or geeks, maybe I should say. Nah, uh, nerds is fun. We can call ourselves <laughs> nerds. <laughs> but I also have to talk about how you were right for now about WandaVision. Uh, and basically how I'm right about everything else. Uh, so. Yeah. And, and I also, Eric, I finished Ultraman Geed. Uh-huh. Geed. Uh, whatever. I've watched an entire season. I still don't know. Um, and I watched <laughs> the movie. So I'll talk to you about that a little bit. And you know what? I'm going to talk to you a little about Common Rider Kuga. I'm going to try to get you to watch it. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Did you start it? Was it good? Yeah. I'm like 10, 11 episodes into it. Okay. All right. Well, tell me about it. Yeah, tell me about it on MVM Plus. I'm curious. Uh, you'll you'll have to sell it because I, I'm I feel pretty pretty busy. So I, I want to hear your pitch. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's jump into our awards um, now. 
With our overall awards, we try to spread out the love. So generally speaking, we say you can only use a film once. Sometimes we bend those rules a little bit or a lot. <laughs> Which we'll do for Mighty Kong this time because there's a lot to give. <laughs> but I'm curious, Alex. Let's start with you. Cool's character award for the franchise as a whole. Who do you have? It's got to be Dwan. <laughs> it's got to be Dwan, right? Because this is the like, you did mention something earlier that I meant to follow up on. Seventy six got more interesting the more we talked about it, and the more I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Right? It still has a ton of problems on Skull Island. If you mm-hmm. ask me, I think I think Skull Island's pretty rough, but Dwan. It's like the perfect serial killer. I love that Anne Darrow. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, Dwan. Again, if you mm-hmm. all missed it, if you switch some of the, if you take the first and last letters of uh, Anne Darrow's last name, add it to the beginning of Anne Dwan. Um, <laughs> Dwan totally murdered that entire boat of people that she was on the boat with. Right where they find her, she's she's. Uh, floating adrift. Now we know that this, this like, uh, I can't think of a good word for it, but like, this like airheaded almost behavior when she first shows up on the ship is a, it's a play. It's a play to get in deep, uh, and I, I just think the whole. I, I'm thinking the whole movie is about getting attention and <laughs> her manipulating people. Like I, I, I think the end of the film when she is pandering to the cameras around her. And I think Jack realizes that. And that's why he steps away. And I think she's just like, oh, she's like the Joker of the King Kong franchise. Uh, I see, and see, that's what makes Dwan interesting. I don't know if how serious you're being, but I would say... I, I actually do think she's... I actually uh, She's not really my coolest character. They'd probably have to go like Sam Jackson, but I am picking Dwan because... There are more layers to this film than you initially think with her character. And I yeah, think there I just, is a much darker side to her mm, character than I initially thought. No, What, uh, what I think is interesting about. is that you can have that interpretation. And yeah, I can see you building a case for it. And I can disagree with that interpretation. Yes. But have an equally decent interpretation about how she's a sympathetic character, right? Remember, I remember in that episode, I think she's she's a character that is has been... Um, honestly affected by trauma and is trying to deal with her trauma through uh, this relationship with Kong. Uh, And it it comes out in in a number of ways. So I think Dwan is an interesting character. I'm glad you chose her, Alex. She's definitely the best serial killer we've seen yet. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go, you you were surprised (laughs) I didn't choose uh, this character earlier for our favorite uh, iteration of, of King Kong. But I do got to share some love here. Coolest character, 2005 King Kong. Um, yeah. He's just awesome. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and also just relatable enough. Like, if you want to talk about building empathy for one of these Kongs, it's it's that one, right? Yes. Uh, that you actually do, right along with Anne, uh, build up that empathy for the other. And the other, in this case, being Kong. So I, I love that one. And as I yeah. said, Alex, I do sometimes bend these rules, and this time I do have some runner-ups again. <laughs> Speaking of 2005, it's got to be uh, Ann Darrow from 2005. 
uh, as my runner-up for coolest character. She's just so much more empowered here than she was in 33, as I said in that episode. And I just love the twist at the end where she doesn't sign on uh, with Denim to exploit Kong. Like, that was a great twist. I didn't see it coming. Well, and the other interesting thing is she doesn't exploit Kong, but she does sign on to exploit herself instead. Do you realize she does, that? Because she's she does doing what? the th- she 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 doesn't sign on to exploit Kong, but she does sign on to exploit herself instead. Mm. Because she signs up to do the th- one thing that was going to like crush her. Yeah. And right. she signs up for that instead of giving up like a piece of her humanity, which would be like an even bigger piece of humanity, which is exploiting Kong. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. Yeah, no, that that's another layer. Absolutely, good yeah. stuff. Um, cool. What about your most memorable line award? You know, I was trying to think about this, and really, there was just one line that kept coming up, and it was, "It's got drama, it's got heart, it's got terror, but it's art." Oh my but God. climatically, it cast a mystic spell. Uh, <laughs> oh, something did make it from Mighty Kong. <laughs> Yeah, you had no idea Mighty Kong was coming here, but it was because that was the thing that came up immediately. Like there, of course, the the classic line, it was beauty killed the beast. Yeah, fine, but I'm not a huge fan of that line anyway. Um, So my runner up was uh, from 76, uh, Jack, when he says he was the terror and mystery of their lives and their magic, talking about Kong in relationship Mm. to the natives. Good stuff. What about you, man? Yeah. Um, mine was the general from King Kong Lives, but you didn't think King Kong Lives would be on here either. Um, well, he said, well, we should have no problem identifying the enemy. They're approximately 50 feet tall and wearing their birthday suits. It's just, it's one of the best lines of the entire series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so good. So good. <laughs> he has several lines. He has several lines. I, I can't remember them right now, but I remember us talking about him having several different lines. Yeah. Uh, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, it, it's got to be your runner-up for coolest character. I think the best act, uh, actor is... It's got to be Naomi Watts yeah. as Anne in 05. Yeah. One thing... And I don't know if I mentioned this in the 05. So, in 76, they make Dwan try to talk and act like an actress from the 33 film. Right? But... Naomi Watts, they do the same thing, except for, like, especially in the early city scenes, uh, except for they totally nail it. They totally make it her and make it feel like this old Hollywood vibe with her yeah. character. Now, that changes once they get to Skull Island, but she does have like the, that that old Hollywood feel. And watching the two of them in their early portions of the film is it's a really it's a more of a it's a hallmark not just for their acting ability and their acting chops but to the direction of the film and how they're able to tonally handle that 76 they just threw an old hollywood acting style almost into a modern movie Uh, yeah whereas everything was kind of old hollywood feeling early on in peter jackson's king kong yeah that's a good point no, that's a good you? choice. Uh, she's amazing. Yeah, she um, does, and and she she acts with a invisible ape for half the movie and does a killer job. <laughs> absolutely. 
For me, uh, quick runner-up shout-out to Helen Mack as Hilda during the fire scene in Son of Kong. Oh, she's uh, so good. Such a good scene. It really like, is. That's a standout scene, and she's great in that scene. She's great know. in that movie. She's better than the actress that played Dan- Anne in 33. Yeah. By far. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. I would agree with that for sure. Um, Hilda also just has more nuance than Anne did. That's a positive for Son of Kong for sure. Um, I think, so if you if you go with Naomi Watts, I'm going to go with Adrian Brody, um, which I, I said uh, also during uh, our episode of that, yeah. just because I think Adrian Brody is underrated as an actor. Uh, needs to be in more things for sure. Uh, but he gives a great performance. Those two leads give great performances uh, in that movie for sure. Yeah, he he's excellent. Um, what about your standout effect award? Well, my runner-up is going to go to uh, something I said last week, actually, which was the Kong versus Squid fight in Skull Island. I love that one. Uh, <laughs> it was short, but I really, really liked it. Uh, it, it. It was hard to do. It was in water, right? Like, right. For those effects, to, for that CGI to look good at all, uh, it had to take a lot of work being set in that water scene. Um, so I was impressed. But, I mean, I don't know how I could choose anything for a standout effect other than uh, King Kong versus a dinosaur mm. in the original. It's yeah, just the so, T-Rex. Yeah, it's just so... The T-Rex specifically, yeah. It's so um, physical, I think we mentioned in that episode. Yeah. So dynamic. Uh, it, we're like 76 comes in and it's about the least dynamic. It's so boring. Yeah. The Kong in that film is just so boring, really. Uh, it has one little fight against a big snake and destroys it and the fight is not good at all. Yes. Um, even compared to lots of the Toho men in suits action that we saw, man, that action in King Kong 33 is just a standout. That stop motion uh, is still impressive today. Yeah. So th- there can't it's, be another choice in that it, one. I, I agree? agree because I, I picked the exact same thing. It yeah. is such a standout and I couldn't believe how great, I, I still can't believe how great it is. No, it's it really, it holds up. It's super impressive. Um, what about your, oh, that's a good shot award. I gotta, you know, it's not MVM if someone doesn't pick a sunset shot. So I gotta go with a Skull Island, and I gotta pick the choppers approaching Kong while the, while they're all backlit. It's just so awesome. Great choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you are coming around to the sunsets, Alex. Yes, actually, you know, it might be more of a sunrise actually instead of a it sunset. It might be. I'm not sure, yeah. but it's that beautiful sun, nonetheless. Mm, yeah. Man, look at how this series has softened your heart, Alex. Yep. Next, before soft. long, you're going to be shedding a tear. All right, so my runner-up for Oh, That's a Good Shot. Once again, quick shout-out to Son of Kong and that final shot of Kong's <laughs> Son of Kong's bandaged hand out yes. of the water. It's that awesome. one, that bandaged finger is quite the motif um, in that movie, and I, I really like it. It still sticks with me. Yes. But this is one I did not expect. The first one that came to my mind is is actually the shot from uh, King Kong Lives of that group of, of doctors and nurses 
holding up their hands like out, like they're holding their, <laughs> their hands out with their palms up, ready to receive the offering, it feels like, of Kong's mechanical heart. Mm. And it's just this image that I think is so powerful, so underrated, so underutilized in the film as a whole, but an image that I think uh, thematically it's underutilized, I should say, but yeah. an image that I think really kind of gets at the heart of that scene. And and I know, I think people make fun of that scene, the King Kong heart surgery. And I, I think get it's it. awesome. I get it. Like it's, it is, it is like over the top and a little bit cheesy. Right. But I think yeah. it's, I think it's pretty cool. I think so too. I think it's awesome. I think it's probably the best part of the movie. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny. We only didn't give two award, two movies an award. Oh, really? we, we skipped over one of them, I think on purpose. And that's Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, That's because yeah. we already had that implemented so heavily into our first series. Yeah. And then we didn't give an award to uh, King Kong Escapes. So two of to- the only two Toho films we completely boxed out. Well, well. that means we suck, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> we failed in our duties. We just um, failed. <laughs> all right. So I guess that brings us to our rating and ranking. What, yeah. what is it, Eric? What's that word? What's the phrase? Well, it's no holds bar in Moscow, Alex. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, no holds bar in Moscow as we have our rankings battle. Now, Alex, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it a little bit differently today. We're going to have our rankings battle, which we normally do after like an era of films. And then we'll take a brief intermission, an intermission for us, about a few second intermission for our listener <laughs> yeah and, they won't know <laughs> no and we'll come back and we'll give our final rating in the only way that we know how uh, sound good yeah sounds good all right so let's start with uh number nine uh alex uh, if your number nine <laughs> film isn't the same as my number nine film we're gonna have issues and yeah. so my number nine is the mighty kong i agree and uh brett it deserves to be there I don't know if you would argue that it no, doesn't. No, Brett, Brett's probably over there like, it at least deserves like five or four. <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves that movie. He loves it. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, um, all right, number eight. What would you have? Uh, King Kong Lives. Okay, me too, actually. Uh, yeah, King Kong Lives. We just talked about the heart scene. Um, and we also talked about we talked about uh, the colonel. Is that is that is that a colonel general that has the that has the lines that we think yes, are funny? Yeah, it's the general. It's the general. He has yeah. all those amazing lines, and then the hunting scene also is just wonderful. And there's yeah, a Kong yeah. romance. There's a Kong baby. Oh. oh look, look, look! But here's the issue with with it. it. It would go higher on my list if it more embraced its satirical elements, similar to how King Kong versus Godzilla does. Um, the Japanese version, I should yeah. say. Um, the, the, this thing, it th- this movie was not self-aware whatsoever. It wasn't like, and it tried to be more. It tried to be multiple things, and it couldn't do that. It couldn't balance its tones. No. So I'm right there with you. Number eight for me, King Kong lives. What did you have for number seven? So my number seven was actually uh, King Kong escapes. Mm, okay. Which it, it, it's a leap from those last two. Uh, actually, you know what? I didn't hate King Kong Lives. I just thought it was because I was dying laughing most of the time. 
So I got a lot of enjoyment out of King Kong Lives. Um, I do think King Kong Escapes is a better movie than that, even though I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I did King Kong Lives. Yeah. Because <laughs> it lacked a few of the laughs. But I really like the characters in King Kong Escapes. Like so, Madame Piranha, Doctor oh, Who. Yeah. Like, we get some really cool characters in that film. It's just a little bloated and a little too slow. And I think the climax is probably the lamest climax other than the Mighty Kong on this list. Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um, yeah, my number six, so one ahead of you, was King Kong Escapes. So I think I'm okay with pushing it down to, to number seven. Man, I know we, we, we did some people dirty with that one. Mm-hmm. No, it's a fan favorite. A it mini. is a fan favorite. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there are some other good movies here uh, on the list. So it's it's really nothing against it. It's just there are others that are better. What what was your, and we are yeah. right and you are wrong. That's right. <laughs> uh, All right. What was, so what was your number uh, seven? Then? So my number seven was Son of Kong. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't think Son of Kong is a good movie. Um, oh, I wouldn't call it a good movie. Uh, I think it's it's trying to really profit off the success of its predecessor, and I don't think it succeeds very well. Uh, I think there are a couple memorable parts that I've already mentioned, huh. but besides that, I actually don't think it's a successful movie as a whole. Huh? Yeah, I uh, I actually had King Son of Kong. A bit higher than you. Um, I had it as my uh, fifth movie, actually, mm. because I really liked it. I think it. I think the final three, four minutes of that movie are like it's clear that things went wrong. Money ran out. Endings were changed. Like we, it's clear that things happened that were detrimental to that film. Yeah. Because I absolutely love the rest of it. Um, I wish uh, Son of Kong wasn't as goofy as he mm-hmm. was, even though it does make you very quickly affectionate for him. Like you mm-hmm. very quickly uh, hate what happens to him in the final moments of that movie, just from a few instances of his presence. Unlike I would say the, the 33 film. Uh, but you know, I'm willing to, I, I'll move it down below 74. If you want to move it down. Yeah, we can move it down to number six. You mean 76. Yeah. Yeah, 76. All right. Yeah, so Sonic Kong next up as our... Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Because yeah, 76 is one of those movies that we... Uh, we I just like it the more we talk about it. <laughs> I, I like talking about it more than I do the actual film. Yeah. So I had 76 in my next spot as well. I had it at number five. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're pretty... We've talked a little bit about... 76 uh i think it's right there in the middle then so for us i I think it's a kind of a mid-tier king kong film there are some issues though it's just it does become more interesting the more you talk about it it does it does and that's really the only reason it's that high otherwise it'd probably be below king kong escapes for me even like it'd be right there with king kong lives because i had a lot of problems like throughout the entire film uh but there is some really interesting things done actually with some yeah. of the characters that makes it enjoyable. I agree. Now my next piece of my ranking was my toughest decision between number four and number three. 
Yeah, um, me. That actually, mine was too. Okay, well, mine was. I ended up with four. Was King Kong versus Godzilla, and three was Kong Skull Island. Oh yeah, we had it different. Mine was uh, King Kong versus Godzilla is my number four, and three was King Kong thirty three for me. Ah, okay, yeah. I, I think we've. I think we we've given uh, some credit to to Kong Skull Island, but we haven't really talked about King Kong versus Godzilla yet. No, which is in my top half of it's it's in my top ten of Godzilla films. I yeah, should say. I think it's in my top five, maybe top yeah. three for me. Oh, that's fantastic! Uh, <laughs> really I love King Kong versus Godzilla, especially the Japanese version. Um, actually, only the Japanese version. <laughs> I don't like the American version. I like the American version, uh, but it is one thousand percent inferior. Yeah, exactly. And I know people talk about, look, real quick, people talk about how, you know, the endings aren't different. Yeah, you're right. Like, the endings aren't technically different. But the overall feel of the movie is completely different from oh. the American to the Japanese It's version. not even close. It's not even close. And so that makes the ending feel different, even though if it's not different. So... Well, and I, the ending is different, just not in the way that the internet would lead you to keep believing for exactly, some reason. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, that, again, King King Kong versus Godzilla fully embraces its comedic elements. Where where uh, King Kong Lives had those comedic elements that were kind of an addition to it, uh, and you know, it tried to incorporate some other aspects. It wasn't quite sure what it wanted to be. Honda definitely knew what he wanted King Kong versus Godzilla to be. Um, yeah, and it's it's a critique, right? Like it's yeah. it's humorous, but it's also a critique. It's it's a true satire in that yes. sense. It's a satire of Honda's own success. So I, I really think yeah. it's a, a self aware, well made film. Uh, mm. I love King Kong. Yeah. I mean, it's film. a satire of his success. It's a satire of what was happening on TV and is still happening on TV. Exactly. It, yeah, it's, it's still relevant. Like that's that's another crazy part is it still feels relevant <laughs> all these years later. Oh, so man, I'm see, this is one of those movies, man. <laughs> yeah, it might have just gone up on my we're, list. We're, we start talking about it and it starts. I'm like, oh yeah, I oh, yeah, really love this it, movie yeah. a lot. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, well, well, we'll come to a consensus here when we have our final reveal. But let's talk about our number one and number two pick. So, as I said, right. my number three pick was Kong Skull Island, which is right above uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. You had King Kong versus Godzilla in the same spot that I did, but your number three was King Kong 33. Let's talk yes. about our top two then. All um, right. My uh, number two was King Kong 2005. Mine was too. Okay, so that's which it. might suffer because it's in that spot, right? Um, or it might raise itself because it's in that spot. You're actually, I think that's more likely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had Kong 2005, and then I had I had Skull Island as my number one uh, mm. because I I had to factor in my enjoyment factor yeah. uh, for this one because I wouldn't even argue. Uh, I wouldn't argue that King Kong 2005 is worse than Skull Island. Mm-hmm. I would never make that argument, right? That that's just that's not even on the cards. But in terms of how much fun I had and what movie I would watch over and over, I would watch Skull Island nonstop. 
Yeah, but there is something to be said for how King Kong, at least in my opinion, King Kong 2005 just never feels slow. Like I agree. I, I don't understand the complaint. I don't understand that complaint <laughs> I don't at either. all. It flies by for a three-hour movie. Like, holy cow. That movie does not feel three hours, and Son of Kong feels four hours. No. Well, <laughs> Mighty Kong. Well, I should say the Mighty Kong. The Mighty Kong feels like a four-hour movie, uh, and it's about 60 minutes long. King Kong 2005 feels like a, a, a two-hour film, I should yeah. say. Oh, yeah, it's I agree. three hours long. Well, and that's something we both commented on. It's like... First off, Skull Island is a two-hour movie that feels like an hour, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and then King Kong two thousand five is a three is a three plus hour movie that feels like two hours, yeah. and then King Kong thirty three is just really short to begin with, so it doesn't really ever feel overlong. <laughs> yeah, and so King Kong thirty three is my top choice. I, I should say, um, just real quick, why why is it at the top? We talked earlier about what film surprised us the most, and, and I said seventy six because of how much we ended up enjoying talking about it. But really, when I'm thinking about these films, and I'm thinking about um, going into them blind for the most part, and and I should have seen King Kong before I did for this series. Like that's just true. Yeah, I I need to see it if it comes like to the big screen. That's something I want to see on the big screen uh, someday. I know cool. it does occasionally. Uh, I think it would be an awesome experience. It surprised yeah. me. It surprised me about how good it was. Like I expected it to be good because it's so acclaimed. But I didn't right. expect it to be that good, that entertaining, that impressive effects-wise. And it was made in 1933. There's something yeah. to be said about that. Like it's it's top tier. It, it's not just it, a good monster film. It's it's just a good film overall. It it really is a good film overall, and it's uh. It's it is impressive, and it's one of those movies that everyone says, "Oh, I love King Kong thirty three. Like it's so great." And it's like a lot of times when we hear about these older movies and we go back and watch them, they're not really as impressive as we're told they are. Yeah, like like the person grew up watching it, and so they they love it, you know. Or like there's right. usually a, there, there's sometimes a sentimental reason why people love an older film, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's not that way with King Kong 33. No, it's not. (laughs) It's actually that good. So what does that mean? I guess that means... That means we're going to have to come to our consensus off air before we give our final Oh, it'll be a little surprise for everybody. So we'll we'll take a quick break here, and then uh, we're going to give ourselves a time limit, and then we'll be right back right after this uh, quick break right (laughs) now and we're back after that oh man this how long have we been working on this list alex about two hours now oh yeah at least two hours at least <laughs> uh so we've come to our consensus <laughs> we've come to our consensus and now it's time to reveal uh our final king kong joint ratings in the only way that we know how i'll start oh, yeah. us off alex all right the Mighty Kong fails. I even messed it up already. The Mighty Kong <laughs> falls last on the list. Fails works too. The Mighty Kong falls last on the list. And I doubt that anyone will really be pissed. Mm-hmm. King Kong lives is sitting low at eight. But let's be real. This ranking isn't up for debate. I don't care how you feel. <laughs> at number seven is King Kong Escapes. 
Toho fans might call us sour grapes. Number six is Son of Kong. Whoever made that ending hit a little too much bong. But I will say, I love those little monkeys song. (laughs) Uh, Numero Cinco is King Kong 76. We can't help that Dwan's split personalities transfix. Ooh. (laughs) King Kong vs. Godzilla is sitting pretty at number four. If Eric and I talk more, I know that the score will be more. But I don't want to bore our core, because we got more in store. (laughs) (laughs) Number three is 33. How can this be? This atrocity? Just ask my co-host, the true monstrosity. (laughs) Oh, In Kong Skull Island, Kong chews up soldiers and spits them out. But do know I certainly had to pout when Eric forced this at number two. We should all say, boo! (laughs) Number one is the one from Jackson. And with that, our list is done, son. (laughs) (laughs) A fitting way to end that. Oh, boy. And... End rhymes, end, end list. That's the definitive rating and ranking for all time. It can never be changed. It's it's here on the show. So oh. when you're citing evidence of, of your own rankings on your scholarly papers, you can <laughs> uh, quote episode 78 of the Monsters vs. Men podcast. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, the only place where you'll find the definitive rankings told in rhyme form. But (laughs) next week, Alex, next week, we have a surprise special episode. It's going to be related to our King Kong franchise, but it's not King Kong. And and we'll leave it at that. We ran out of King Kong movies. We ran out of King Kong movies, except for those BKN movies, which we're just not going to watch. Um, (laughs) But we do have a special surprise episode based on votes that we received from our patrons. Um, our big bargain basement club members, I think they came through for us on this one, Alex. Yeah, so they excited. all voted. And yeah. um, it is ape-related. That's all I'll say. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nvm underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. Email us, nvmpod at gmail.com, or leave us feedback at nvmpod.com. You can support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash nvmpod. And you'll receive our weekly MVM Plus episodes. You'll be able to vote on our polls and really just become a part of the Bargain Basement Club. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Michael Herndon and Faye Bashir are executive producers. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try, Try to, to stay, stay alive. In Kong Skull Island, Kong chews up soldiers and spits them out. But do know I certainly had to pout when Eric forced this at number two. We should all say, boo!